So next up on the You Hate Nothing Yet podcast, we have a woman who I can actually say from personal experience is a funny motherfucker. She has gigged all over Ireland. Um, she's actually doing a gig tonight. Uh, one of my absolute faves on TikTok and also goes by the name Gif Mistress. It's a sleepy comedian. It's Elish McCarty. How are you, my friend? I am good. Such a lovely introduction. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Not a bother at all. We're going to jump straight in. Tell everybody who's listening and their dog, cat and whatever, who you are and what do you do with yourself? Yes, so I'm a part-time Olympian gym medalist and <laughs> baton twirling, uh, pogo sticking <laughs> relay enthusiast. And uh, if you haven't heard of me by now, where have you been, Biz? Where have you been? <laughs> uh, but other than that, I gaslight, or not gaslight, I... <laughs> you can do that too, we don't know. <laughs> no! <laughs> Freudian slip. Uh, no, I'm as a comedian at night. Yes. Fantastic. Um, so I've got to ask a question um I, I i always think that this is probably one of the questions there's a burning question when i'm talking to comedians when did you know you were funny oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> um i guess well, like i have such a, a funny family so i'm the least funniest out of my circle of friends as well as like the least funniest out of my family so like my dad is like the eldest of five brothers so that's some crack in that house you know what uh-huh. i mean yes, yes. and uh, i've got a lot of mates with a sense of humor and then i performed in school when i was seven to the age of 19 that's a long time it's a long time yeah <laughs> it's a long time and i always was drawn towards comedy or was like drawn towards um watching the apollo or even just like comedic shows and i was like just laughter it's the best medicine love that feeling mm. um so i was always drawn to it but then yeah i guess i just got reassurance it's it's very different now to acting in a funny script that your show or that your uh, youth theatre is doing to writing your own stuff and yeah. standing on stage and going, does this work? <laughs> um, thankfully it did. And uh, I've been doing comedy for the last three years and it's been getting a wee bit of momentum and then took a career break in 2020 for no reason. And uh, no reason at all, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, just mm-hmm. just decided to just stop everything in my life, you know. Yeah, I was like, it's just going too well, lads. I think I'll just put my feet up. <laughs> 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 but honest to God, like uh, my mate Sinead Wall, she's another comedian. Me and her were set to do a UK tour of our uh, two-hander show, Wing Woman. Mm-hmm. And we were, um, what is it, uh, accepted by the underbelly in edinburgh which is a huge deal yeah Yeah. we were doing brighton fringe with like the warren uh, or other place productions and we were doing our uk touring oh great and then this thing happened in march and then we're like (laughs) 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 but no it's been wonderful and that's how i met you jack i met you at a gig you and i are on the same lineup we were we were sadly i have done nothing since (laughs) No um, gigs in, yeah. No gigs since it's 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 been a torrid time for me. You know what I mean. I think I only had well, I would say when I say I had a fu- I have a funny bone. I think there might have been one laugh when I done my uh, eight to ten minutes yet. But <laughs> that's that's not true. No, you did very very well. You were just nervous, but no, that's not true. You got some laughs. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, in terms of your own sort of background in comedy and performing and stuff, is there anyone you said about the Apollo and stuff? Is there anybody you looked up to or influenced? You're like, I like that style of stuff. I want to try that. Yeah, so what's mad is the people that I looked up to when I was growing up is not who I look up to now because they're no longer working. So as I was uh, growing up now, people hate him, but I loved Lee Evans and I loved mm-hmm. uh, watching him and I saw him live twice and I had his DVDs and stuff. And I was uh, I love his observational comedy. My comedy is quite observational as well. Of just like 
you know, uh, putting a lens over stuff going, how did they get away with that? Or how did that happen? And kind of putting that question out. It's, it's also, I love doing observational comedy because I'm not slagging off anybody. So I'm not going to get in trouble. You know, these people who go up and they give out about their partners or give out about their <laughs> friends and then their friends show up at the gig going, what the hell? <laughs> so <laughs> Ireland is very small. So I've decided mm. to go the observational route. But I would have to say that my... um the person that I look up to now is Joanne McNally for multiple mm. reasons. So she's first off a female comic, but she's just an absolute powerhouse. She's like selling out Vicker Street. She's one of the top acts in the UK at the moment, a very successful podcast. But I love anytime I read about her, it's like uh, she's recently in the Sunday Indo being like success. I was ready. And that's completely refreshing for a female act to be like, no, I'm ready to, you know, headline and uh, sell out of 69 Vicker Street so that's someone to definitely aspire to and look up to you mentioned about observational so how how do you sort of like do you sit down and say right, I need to write some material or is it just there's an idea and it sort of grows naturally or how do you approach yeah so I might be um, a very frustrating friend so I'll be walking down the street and I'll observe something and I'll be like oh the sign is this way or somebody like a specific behavior and then I'll go to my friends and I'll be like do you notice this behavior and they go oh here she is again <laughs> <laughs> but no my my friends are very supportive but um, no I'll be observing stuff and then I might write something down on my phone and then a part of it is just like where can I go with it so there is like some truth to the observations that I make and that like I've come across it myself but then I have like a lot of poetic license of how silly can I make this and what if something ridiculous what if I just take a sharp left you know and can that be funny and are the audience expecting it or are the audience already laughing on the observation going yeah, yeah, yeah I've come across that before and something that I've obviously become aware of is so when I stand out on stage people see a female comic that's that's me they see a female comic so I kind of, I don't talk about, I guess, um, female topics. I don't talk about um, fem- the female reproductive system. I do talk about dating because I, I try and like get a, a situation where both men and women can relate. Yeah. So I do have a, a particular voice in that way, but it is very broad. And uh, I try my best not to alienate the men when I'm saying topics on stage or like, or I'll uh, go the safe route and just be self-deprecating and be like, just as long as you aren't me in this situation, folks. And uh, <laughs> there's a bit of relief in the audience when I do stuff like that. So that's good. And you do a little bit of improv as well. You're the host of the Payback Improv Group. Like, yes. What, what even, what even, for anybody who doesn't know, what even is that? And how does that work? Because it's very different from, you know, getting up and you know you've you've wrote material or you've already practiced it at different sort of open mic nights and yeah. you know that it, it might get or probably will get a laugh sometimes yeah. bigger than others but improv you're thinking on your feet you have to be witty um i think sean said one time jack you could never be a comedian because you're just not witty enough well you could be <laughs> a comedian very cruel um like the good thing about comedy is it's not linear there's so many different kinds there's dry comedy dark comedy slapstick comedy observational comedy you know um particular topics about you know women's uh issues mm. or lgbtq comics you know there's there's it's not a linear thing um but when you were asking me uh what is playback comedy so playback comedy is basically 
um, a troupe of comedians and uh, improv uh, comedians. And what we do is I'm the teller. So I ask the me- a member of the audience for a story. And I am in control of like trying to get a story out of them, like trying to get all the details going like, okay, was your mother there? Is she Scottish? Do you want her to be Scottish though? Grant. (laughs) And Mm. uh, trying to make it a little bit enjoyable. And then um, the players uh, play it back. So hence why it's called playback. And um, the comics that uh, we were doing uh, were fantastic. So they all had a strong background in uh, improv. So it was like Seamus Stackpole, Jack McKenna, Amy Walsh, uh, Gil- Gilsey Fitz and Felix O'Connor were just so on the ball and so sharp with um, improv that they found these small details that were very entertaining and lovely for you know the audience to enjoy. I think we closed the Seen and Heard Festival in like 2019 in the big space, so that was amazing. For a play, and just I w- when I was asking there, sorry, I just again about and um, sort of the improv thing. Do you find it? You know, like, did, did you ever, were you a player yourself before you were the teller? And did you find that hard? Yeah, I think it's a muscle. Um, I can, the best relation, like the relationship I can uh, put it to is doing your first 10 uh, stand-up comedy nights. So at first you're like, is this going to gonna go well? I don't know. But I once read, like, you learn to swim from swimming. You learn to read from reading. You learn to run from running. And do it, do it scared. Uh, So once you have, I guess, exercised those muscles and you're doing it regularly, it does come more naturally. And that just comes over time. Now, fair enough, after your first 10 gigs, it might not come to you. It it takes a little bit longer sometimes. It depends on how close those 10 gigs are. Sometimes it never comes to people. Sometimes it does or it comes sooner. And then those people are are very, uh, what is it, talented. But um. Yeah, it's just one of those muscles that you just have to keep exercising, isn't it? Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you find that more, like, as you say, your sort of um, your stand-up stuff is nearly observational and happens day to day. Do you find the improv stuff comes more natural because it is that more, where you can practice it and sort of learn, not practice, but learn, learn and train on it? Yeah, I've, I guess I've gotten better at observational comedy because that's like, um, as opposed to improv. So improv is kind of like crowd work, isn't it? You know, where you're like, hey, where are you from? What are you doing? And you might have a couple of, um, you know, things, cards in your back pocket of like go-tos and stuff like that. But I find observational comedy, I just get more of a response with it. So that's probably why I've kind of taken off on TikTok more. So I had like, a TikTok page and you know what guys I was raging okay so I was in my pajamas and no makeup my hair is all wet and I'm wearing my glasses and it's like poorly filmed you know it's just something like someone holding up their phone in their room and I'm talking I'm talking about a time when you feel like your friends are being an adult and they're ringing you and you're in a different stage of your life to them and they just go you know hey just guess what I'm pregnant and your answer is oh my god what are you gonna do because you're in a different stage <laughs> of your life and that just went viral you know so something I was raging because I was like I don't even have my makeup on <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my pajamas and I look like hell um so you- observational things kind of come more naturally to me yeah do you think though that that it, that was completely and like stripped back. Do you know what I mean? That wasn't this, you know, you know, the makeup's deadly, your hair's deadly, you're wearing a nice top or a nice dress. That was yeah. just like a normal person. That was you at your rawest form. Do you think that that resonated? I have no idea. And it's kind of like, 
<laughs> well, it's the algorithm, isn't it? You did yeah. like some days the algorithm is there to help you. Some days the algorithm isn't. Or like another time I, I put makeup on and I was like, I'm not getting caught out again. And I wore a coat and I got like maybe double to triple the amount of views I got. And I was like, geez, I'm actually going viral again. Amazing. So it's, it's, I think it's more so the content. It's more so how like slick and how it's presented to people on TikTok mm-hmm. going, is this worth my time? Because you know, if anything over 30 seconds, people go, do you know what? Nah, this is too much of my time. I want to see what else is on. Cause that's just how the app functions. Yeah. But, um, no, then I started to put more makeup on and friends of mine were like, I kind of appreciate that you made a little bit more of an effort. I was like, I had to. <laughs> any of them go viral on these. I'm like, yeah, that's me with my makeup on and looking presentable. <laughs> as well as all of that, you've played the comedy seller in Dublin, the international. Yes. How was that to play one of the most like, renowned comedy venues in the country? Oh my gosh, I was shaking in my boots, right? <laughs> so yeah, I've been playing the Comedy Cellar for years now. Um, I remember when I first played it back in like 2018, 2019, but it's in, an incredible uh, thing to achieve. Like I remember seeing a photograph in my first year of, you know, uh, when you do a comedy gig, the promoter takes photographs of all the acts on stage to promote the club. So uh, on their socials. So I went on the socials and I saw, I was like, guys, what has happened? Like, when did I start doing comedy? When was this a thing? And it's, you know, um, but I see the photos back of, you know, my face just enjoying it and enjoying the jokes and, and smiling. And I was like, keep doing that. Keep keep doing what you're doing. It looks like you're having fun. And uh, some of the responses I get, like a lot of women come up to me and they're like, you go, girl. And <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's a wonderful feeling. And even to get people going, I laughed at that. And I was like, great, because that was the point. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that especially for you, you know, like uh, to enjoy. So it's a really lovely feeling. And like, you know, sometimes you get up and you're like, this is a good set. I have used a few of these jokes before and I've brought them together in this little deadly succinct 10 minutes. And I'm going to, you know, knock it out of the park. But you might die on stage. Have you ever died oh. on stage? And what, like, like, just you know, t- t- tell us a bit of time that that might have happened. Oh my god, I died on my arse so many times. It's <laughs> just <laughs> a given. Yeah. So I remember, like, I guess I I do think a lot of what I wear before I go on stage. So I either I'd like to punch up. So I either decide to wear, you know, like uh, all black like um let's say like a black jumpsuit or something something that's just quite basic or i might wear dungarees at a festival to be like yeah. okay she's here for a bit of fun because i remember years ago and i i haven't worn a dress on stage since <laughs> i wore a lovely dress i was uh, coming coming from work and then i went to like a gig straight after and I did my set that I've been doing so many times. I was super confident about it. I was like, this has gotten laughs. I slow down here. I do this. I take a pause. I take a break. Maybe have a little giggle here. And the room was absolute silent. So thankfully, you know, I didn't panic. I finished. And at the end, I just was like, thanks for your time. Um, <laughs> but it was incredibly motivating and humbling because I was like, okay, in my set, someone t- said to me, if your set does really well in a small room, it'll do really well in a big room. And if you go up and do really well in the small room, it's like, imagine, you know, uh, so people are sometimes too self-conscious to laugh. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, so they kind of have that giggle to themselves or they just do that head nod. You're like, no, I want you to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I need it vocalized. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on. <laughs> but um, when you're in a bigger room, they're less self-conscious because well, if, say, someone might have a funny laugh or somebody might snort when they laugh mm. and stuff, they're less self-conscious if they if it can't be sought out in a big room. So, um, yeah, it, I, I always go by that rule. If your stuff works in a small room, it'll work in a big room. Yeah. And... Another maybe thing you may have encountered, have you ever been heckled? How do you deal with that? Loads of times. Um, so I remember getting heckled by somebody who just, just had a drink and um, just the purpose uh, or like uh, some comedians are amazing at crowd work and are able to just, you know, say, where are you going with this and so on and maneuver the gig. But like mm. I, I was only starting off in 2018, 2019, I didn't have those skills. But the objective is just to shut them down. So I remember some lad going, um, like I was talking about getting a massage and a really awkward situation that I had been in and that I was saying to the woman like, oh, don't tickle me. She was like, do you want me to tickle you? And I was like, putting that on stage. I'm going to say that joke. You know, it's <laughs> it's just so, it's gas. Now he started heckling being like, um, you know, um, he started heckling saying, oh, I, I looked for a happy surprise at the end of my massage. And I was just like, D- wh- why? Like, and he goes, I asked. And I was like, how many times did he ask? And he goes, 40 times. And I said, well, you think at the second time you would have gotten the hint that no was the answer. But um, thankfully, the audience do does want the heckler to, you know, stop messing around. Mm-hmm. Like, you're there to do the gig. They paid to see you, not the, not the heckler. It does happen from time to time. And um if you engage with them, they're just going to get more confident. So if you just shut it down and, you know, but it's all part of it as well. There's so many gigs where um, I'd be shaking in my boots and the person ahead of me got heckled so badly, but then I was left alone and I was quite grateful for that. But I've yeah. never had someone be quite nasty. It's always the hecklers I've experienced are people who just wants to comment and talk. And you're like, babe, it's not an audience participation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't write this. Okay. You enjoy your point and just leave the county. <laughs> me and <laughs> just like it's always something gas or I've always noticed like uh, I when I started telling people that I do comedy they're like oh here's a good one here's a good one for you and it's always something either mediocre or something not thought through or on a really taboo topic it's like Jesus I can't say that on stage <laughs> but you just have to be polite and just go yeah 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 that's great yeah I'll, I'll think about that I'll I'll say that next time um so yeah it's 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 I just love behaviors I love like observing people and behaviors and stuff like that that's what I love can I can I jump in here and ask just when we're talking about hackling because I was thinking about this the other night, like an idea for a joke came in my head and I wrote it down, right? And yeah. then, I don't know why, but this this thing came in my head where it was like, you know, if I was to say that and somebody heckled, I would know what I would come back with, but it would be so bad that it could go either way. Is is that something, like obviously, because you're in the moment, you don't have that much time to think. You can maybe, yes. you know, you can do what, you know, the way politicians would say, if you ask a politician a question, they say, well, firstly, thank you for your question. um, And, and then that'll give them a little bit of time to gather their thoughts. Yeah, You know, do you ever, is that a worry? Is that a worry? You know, you could throw back really hard at the heckler and the crowd could be like, oh, that was fucking, you know what I mean? Mm. That, um, like, thankfully I haven't had someone, you know, heckle being like, you're shite. And mm. then I have to, you know, deal with that and then I lose some of the confidence in the room. But what I have done is, so yeah, there've been some hecklers and I have to shut them down, but I, I'd like to have like a minimum amount of audience participation just to see who's in the room. Like who's, who's awake? Who's, who's there? 
Um, but I'll, I remember Sinead Walsh and I were doing a uh, preview for Wing Woman. And I said, wouldn't it be gas if I hit on someone in the room? But it went really poorly. Okay. <laughs> and she, because I find failure hilarious. Yeah. And I was just like, what if it was gas? And she goes, right. Okay. You know, I trust you. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pick someone in the audience who I know has a girlfriend. I'm going to hit on them hard and then go, oh, hang on. Is that your girlfriend? Oh, bollocks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what happened. So I do plan for failure just to kind of control it. Mm. But um, yeah, some comics like will thrive on hecklers and we like, like you, you've seen Jimmy Carr. Jimmy yeah. Carr has those yeah, backpacks, yeah, yeah. you know, like he's been doing it for years. So some people have stuff like that in their back pocket. But I, when I do audience interaction, I try to control it or I ask people like, does anyone speak Irish? People go, yeah. And I go, you're all liars. Because nobody speaks fluent <laughs> Irish in this country. So there is some control there that I have. And then I maneuver back in again. Yeah. And then what about all these wonderful gigs you've done and hackers you put down and such things? What would you say is your your favorite gig? Or do you have a favorite gig that stands out in your mind? Was it your first? Was it one you got a great reaction at? Or um always those gigs when you have a good reaction they're great um <laughs> i'm trying to remember there was um there's a club in dublin and you just can't have a bad gig it's called n2o comedy and it's in the black sheep and the guy who runs it melinda Pereira, i, I probably said his surname wrong but melinda runs it and there's no such thing as a bad gig in that room it's great and you always walk away pumped up going oh they're great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on top of the world on top of the world and you feel amazing so those are obviously really really good gigs but I think um, so it's great to get those gigs and go like okay this is why I'm doing it but it's really really good to get gigs where let's see um, someone that you admire or someone that you can learn from is on the same gig as you and you get a chance to talk to them or it's also like it depends on what you think um, uh, quality gig is like you might go on and be like okay I that joke didn't do well. I need to go back to the drawing board and I need to make that sharper. So that's also kind of a good gig. I don't mean to sound like a politician, but you know what I mean. Like they're all good yeah. gigs for different reasons. Yeah. Of um, all my children equal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you prefer stage or online? Oh, online a hundred or sorry, excuse me. Uh online was awful during the pandemic. Mm. Like I remember there'd be times when someone left their microphone on and they were taking a, uh, a, a pizza order and we're like, turn off your mic. <laughs> and they were talking over the axe. Um, and yeah, that, but like, you know, it was a means to an end. Like, thankfully we're back out again. I love the stage. I love live comedy. I love being out in the wild again, free mm. range, but you can't beat that. You but can't beat being in front of people. I don't, I don't even mean in the sense of like a zoom and stuff. I mean, do you prefer doing stuff on like YouTube or TikTok or do, or does that bleed in to your, you know, to your stage work or is it all just all encompassing? That's a good point. Um, I guess it depends on what your objective is. So in the pandemic, I was I joined TikTok and I was releasing more videos more regularly because number one, we all had the time, mm. but it was the only way to get out. And the objective there was to do like collaborations and campaigns, like paid campaigns and stuff. And thankfully, I got to do that. But then um, it's also a good sounding board of is this idea going to actually translate off stage in another medium when I'm telling it as a first person story? Sure. But I do much prefer um, being more on stage or like just being with the audience. If someone might say something and be really sweet. Like there are moments when I'm on stage and I'm being self-deprecating and someone goes, you do you, babes. And I'm like, can you come to every gig I have? You know, <laughs> you're not going to get that anywhere else. But yeah, that's, that's where, that's, um, that's where my love lies. Totally. And, 
tying into that because we've talked about with different musicians and stuff about this do you think like could you be the best stand-up in the world but if you're not sort of whether it's promoing yourself or putting yourself out there or doing stuff like TikTok, think you need that like today to really get your name out there? Yes, it's like, I guess it is a follower's game. You know, it is about how much uh, it's like, because it's ticket sales then at the end of the day, because Mm -hmm. if you have five followers, but you want to do a feature length show, one plus one is not two there. You know, Uh, you need to have some um following you need to have some promotion behind you you need to have some recognition or even supporting some headliners and stuff like that and getting your name out getting in your name around so i think they go hand in hand i think one of the best things uh about the pandemic is like that i tripled my following um that now when i have a gig people or even when i walk down the street they're like no oh, it's a sleepy comedian it's that girl mm-hmm. um but if I have like a gig or a show uh, now, it's whether they translate to sales or not. But mm. it just means that, you know, you tell people you're doing gigs, you tell promoters that you're busy, they see you busy. They'll ask you to um, be put, they'll ask you to be on the lineup for their place. So, yeah, I think they go hand in hand having to follow them online. Unfortunately, I think those who don't have an Instagram or a TikTok or a Twitter are losing out. Um, but that's just that's my view. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing something very interesting with RTE at the minute can you tell us about that I'm doing something very interesting with pardon RTE oh yes um yeah a while ago I was asked to be involved in a series called life-changing moments and I decided to tell them about the time when I uh, so I did drama when I was a kid so from the age of seven to twelve excuse me, seven to um, 18. And I was in a feature film during that time as well, the Irish feature film 32A. And then I said, when I was doing my leaving search, I was like, I'm going to, it's it's very unreliable to get a job in the arts in, in Ireland. Like a lot of it is profit yeah. share. So I'm going to get a desk job. And I was studying and working for eight years. And that definitely takes its toll when you're turning your back on something that you love. So I decided to like once I finished my master's I was just like okay I'm gonna go back and do comedy at night and you know um telling that story and just telling people about a time when you know uh I guess everyone can kind of resonate especially in the pandemic of a hobby that they might have put up on the shelf and said oh I don't want to do dancing anymore I don't want to do painting anymore but the fact that I took up comedy and started performing again and how it's just opened my world um to like people of all all walks of life coming to see gigs it's just been life-changing to me so yeah that's one of the series that's coming out with rt2 fm which is so exciting very cool Woo! i'm so fucking excited for you i really really am I look the- <laughs> be excited because i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> right we what sort are of, what sort of still going on sorry go song go song i was just gonna say what sort of stage is that at or when or is there any sort of timeline for yeah, so it's being released at the moment. Um, so it was filmed a while ago. It was like a pre-recorded interview and it's going to be on the Two Johnnies on Wednesday in RT2FM. It's going to be on the Tracy Clifford show on Friday. And um, the I'm going to say the 19th of October and the 21st of October because whenever this comes out on your podcast. Um, but yeah, it might, you know, it might have legs after that. It might not, but it's it's really good to get a platform like that to talk about my comedy. Yeah. Double check this week or next week? This week. This week. Yeah, this week. Just want to double check that. Yeah, yeah. So I right, assume it'll be an RT player and all Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, we'll do the quick promos after, right? Quick fire questions. Let's um, go. These quick fire questions we ask everybody that comes on. Um, the first question is this. Um, if you were to drink alcohol or otherwise, what would you be? Sean says that I am a pint of Guinness. Why? Because I'm an acquired taste and people pretend to like me. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. Um, <laughs> that's so good. That's better than my answer. I, I was ready to think, I would drink this because I like this. Gosh, I have, I have another one. Um, I think I would be a Smithix because I'm quite a tomboy. But then you're, but then like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a comfort drink, isn't it? It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah. Which see is what you get. No frills. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, numero dos, superpower. If you could have a superpower, what would it be and what would you do with it? Um, I'd love to be able to fly because I think I'd save all my money on Ryanair flights uh, <laughs> when I'm traveling over to the UK. <laughs> that would just really help me out. Yeah, nice, <laughs> I'd love to nice. fly. Um, if you were making a crisp sandwich, what would you do? Would it be butter? Would it be mayo? What would the brand of crisp, the flavor, the bread? Maybe you don't like crisp sandwiches. Go. I love crisp <laughs> sandwiches, but it's the like I'm very, very loyal to Kerrygold butter. But sometimes Kerrygold butter hurts my feelings when you when it's cold and you're just tearing the bread apart. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's so. It would obviously have butter. Yes, have crisps. Oh, what would you have? Would you have it? No, sourdough is a little bit notiony now. I would have just some brown <laughs> bread sliced. Go for- <laughs> king crisps king crisps that's what mm. i'd have in it yeah and flavor um cheddar cheese and onion controversial not at all sean well controversial means sean anyway sorry go go yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you could go on a date with anyone romantic or otherwise or just to have a bit of dinner and chat living or dead who would it be where would you go what would you do I would really like to meet uh, Freddie Mercury just because I like, okay. So Queen was always played on repeat in my house and he was just amazing, incredible. And the fact that I was born uh, like within two years of him dying, I was just like, Oh no, we could have like had so much more music from him. So I would love to meet with him and just be like, how did you fucking do it all? How did you do it? You know, how did you, you were so creative. How did you like have the world? in your hands and just like yeah just learn all about it and the final question that we got to ask you right i have a magic ball in front of me i can transport you to any venue you can play any venue in the world and you can gig with whoever you want you can gig with on your on your own or you can have support or you can be supporting where would it be who would be with be on your own tell us all I would love to do Vicar Street in Dublin, whether it's supporting, whether it's headlining or even part of a troupe or something. But to do Vicar Street would just be a case of like, yeah, lads, we're doing well. We made it. We mm. made it. So that would be nice. nice. That'd be nice. If you could sort that out, that'd be amazing. Thanks. He does have the magic ball. So Fair play, fair play. Well, look. I will definitely have to say that this was probably the quickest interview, not the quickest interview in terms of actual timing, but it felt like the quickest. Do you know what I mean? It flowed. There's so much flow, so much mm-hmm. synergy. So <laughs> much energy. Yes. I think, what is it? The reason I'm the sleep comedian is because I just give off too much energy. <laughs> I need to sleep for it. Yeah. But obviously, like we're friends, you know, so yeah. um, that's why. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Very Ooh. true. Very, very true indeed. So for anybody that's listening, where can they find you? Give us all your socials, any upcoming gigs, and tell us about the crack again that's happening with RTE. Yes. So Life Changing Moments is going to be on RTE2FM uh, between the 19th and the 21st of October. So listen in to the two Johnnies and uh, Trace Clifford. Uh, I'll also be doing a feature show or work in progress called Never Been Better, Base, Never Been Better, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be on the Glasgow Comedy Festival and the Brighton Fringe, trying to, trying to get to Edinburgh on it. So stay posted keep watching the space um if you want to follow me my socials on instagram is at the sleep comedian and uh, i'm also the same on tiktok and on twitter i am saint anthony 
there you are. Yeah, consistency, like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's gas crack. One time I was talking about that at a gig, and it turned a woman goes like, oh, "I follow you." <laughs> like old dolls tweet at you, and they've lost their keys and stuff. <laughs> I actually, that's what I do. So I respond to people going like, "I can't find my keys," or "I can't find my earpods," and I tweet back, "Where did you see them last?" <laughs> <laughs> Super helpful comments like that. Super helpful <laughs> tweets. <laughs> Love it, love it. And tell us this, is there any, um, like, obviously, other than tonight, the open mic night you're doing, um, mm-hmm. but is there anything else in terms of um, gigs in the pipeline? Um, Yeah, so I'll be doing a gig in Kylo this Friday. I put up on my socials when I have, like, a bunch of gigs happening, mm. and I'm trying to see if I'm going anywhere. Like, I'm just off the back of doing the Night and Day Festival. We did the Wild Roots together. I... Uh, hosted at Electric Picnic, which was great to be back. Um, but Mad. yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be everywhere. I'm gonna be all over your face, um, in a consensual way, um, <laughs> 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 with gigs, with gigs. Damn it! Weird turn, didn't it? <laughs> I don't know that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, thank you very, very much for coming on. Like I said, go and check this lovely individual out the sleeping comedian um Elisha, it was an absolute pleasure for you to come on sean where can people find us find us on instagram at yanny y-a-h-n-y find us on facebook search you ain't heard nothing yet you can find the podcast on all various platforms Podbean, apple Podcasts, spotify all such things that weird training website can't actually get it off there We're stuck there now but it's there <laughs> and yeah all the links are in various socials as well and you can keep track of us there. Keep track of Jack Donnelly somewhere else, like or some sort of register. I don't know. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no, they already have a, t- a tag on me for that one, Sean. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye. Thanks,